Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Pastors of Pain. We are a podcast. We are a radio show. We are coming to you from Pain County, pain, 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 Oklahoma. County, County. And we're off and running. School year underway. Uh-huh. RCIA oh, yeah. has begun. Oh, yeah. Become Catholic. Lots of different ministries for children and teenagers. And college and students. College back. students oh, and gosh. Spanish speakers. Uh-huh. Uh, we got a Thursday morning Bible study going. What? We've got some prayer groups happening. Uh, welcome week. Yeah, it's over. Focus, focus missionaries are focus missionaries starting Bible lighting it up. Bible studies. Uh, yeah. Uh, also rocking it out is the new Our Lady of Grace Catholic Retreat Center. Yeah, yeah. So check them out. Um, they were full. one of the ways you can find them is if you Google what is the world's longest website name, <laughs> and then it will tell you. Our Lady of Grace Catholic Retreat Center dot com. Anyway, check them out. <laughs> <laughs> they're also on. Uh, they're on the Facebook and uh, the Insta, the Instagram. Yeah, I, tr- I tried to go out there the other day, and they're like, "We're we're full for like two weeks." Like, what? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of places have been out there. Yeah, different uh, parishes, school. Some of the Catholic, a lot of Catholic schools. Some of the Catholic schools from Oklahoma City. Uh, Ponca, Okarchi, they did their uh, like staff staff retreats there. You did one. We're doing one in September. We have Carlo Broussard coming. Oh, yeah? From Catholic Answers and the Diocese of Tulsa. Yeah, he's going to give so our Lenten retreat. Cool. Oh, he is? Our uh, yeah. Lenten three-day mission. Yeah, that's cool. We're Anyway, that'll be good. That'll be good. There's a lot of good stuff going so on in Payne awesome. County. Yeah, on. there's good. It's good. It's the real best good. county in Oklahoma. I also am edified by... Um, you know, we kind of, I would say when I look back at my five plus years, almost six years here, I think one of the things, you know, a lot of, you, know, you make mistakes, you know, trial and error and like, oh, I would have done that differently. Well, we really tried to get like this big, like a big partnership with Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma. There, so there hadn't really been any kind of relationship between Stillwater uh-huh. and Catholic Charities. So we got that going. And then COVID, I mean, I really, I really blame COVID. Like, just jacked that whole thing up. We were trying to do ESL classes and GED stuff. and It was going well. All of that. Yeah, and then COVID and the, and the ugh. Anyway, but one of the cool things that Catholic Charities is doing still is they are doing GED classes in the Payne County Jail. What? And I just love it. Sister Catherine Martinez, you know her from the St. Joseph Monastery? Yeah. St. Catherine, or Sister St. Catherine, Sister Catherine comes over, and so it's it's a partnership between Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma, yeah, yeah, and OSU. So we partnered big time on the Afghan refugee resettlement, yeah, and some of that's still going on. We're still, our we have a, we have the budget for that. People gave us, um, and we're pay, most of that budget is getting paid down with dental dental bills. Oh. Um, lots of people that need lots of the, of the, of the folks who have come and now settled here. They, they have lots of dental needs, which are ex- very expensive if you've ever had tooth extraction or a root canal or oh, stuff like yeah, that. I mean, yeah, but anyways, but Catholic Charities, it's, anyways, it's just that, that's one of those like 
I've tried to in my I send out this weekly weekly flock note to the whole parish on every Thursday. It's called weekly notes from Father O'Brien, which just okay. allows me to say anything I want really. <laughs> but I try to like let tell people kind of these little there's these little ministries that are just under the radar. You know, we're teaching like we teach like um English as a second language every Sunday afternoon at two o'clock after the Spanish Mass. And it's lovely. It's just, it's probably eight, 10, 12 people. Older, like older people, Spanish speakers, 60s and 70s, and they want to like, well, they want to learn English. Whoa, that's cool. Anyway, it's cool. Just stuff like that. And I know you have that all that all the time. You know, we have the big public stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah. Sunday Mass, big events, retreats, RCIA, you know, all that big stuff. But then there's just what it, what's beautiful that I think we ought to hopefully never take for granted is all just the little behind the scenes. Yep, yep. Under the radar. Just good ministry. Uh-huh. You know, individual. you meet a lot with like individually with students, one-on-one for an hour, you know, and you're just helping yeah. them work through whatever it is personal problem or the parents are jacked up or Bad their boyfriend their boyfriend depressed. broke up with them or they miss home or and there's just all that that's going on every single mm-hmm. day and I, I think that our our sunday mass goers don't really see like people are like what do you do all week like sundays are like the lightest day uh, the lightest comparatively i mean yeah Comparatively, I mean, mm-hmm. from a, Sundays are not, most days are 12 hours, 12 to 14. Yeah. And it, Sundays are only 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> something like that. Oh, man. It's a, it, it, yeah. Anyway, there's. And a, I don't say that. I'm not saying that to complain. I know we did our, we, we, we worried some people when we did our episode about burnout. Oh, I told you that I listened to it and I was like, okay. People I, were like, you guys okay? You know what? I had a, I had a, a dinner with a student the other day. I think Father Kerry and Father O'Brien are about to go off the deep end. The this, this student, I was having dinner with them and um, they were just, we were just chatting and they said, uh, you know, when I, when I saw you in April, I was really shocked. I was like, wow, how does he run on 40% energy? And I was like, what do you mean running on 40% hey. energy? And he said, and I quote, yeah, you looked like crap in March. Wow. And I said, whoa, are you lying? Are you? He's like, Thank you. he's like, well, I said, are you lying to me? And he was like, no, father, I would have to come to confession and then tell you I was lying to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. You looked terrible wow. in March. You looked burned out. You were probably, I thought about 40% energy. And I was like, oh, that guy wow. read me like really? a book. Anyway, uh, other people can see it. And, the, and another student who's a girl said the same thing. Uh, so then when two people say it, then you know there's a lot of truth into it. Wow. But you know what? You know what's absolute truth? The Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity yes. of Jesus Christ. You know, so that, that is actually... I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to make that transition, so I just I just dove on it. And one just, very cool I mean, thing about this year. And I, I actually think, you know, since we did that episode on being burned out, when was that? That was like February. Oh. February, January and February. Priest burnout is real. Were hard. They were, <laughs> they were hard. And part of it was, yeah, just the, I, the, the, the fruitfulness of ministry wasn't, uh, you know, easily apparent. Um, you know, there were like, I had like, yeah, there were like legit people who were like really 
kind of mad about stuff. Uh-huh. People, you know, not... Yeah, just like... I would say just like kind of critical... Critical of the, you know, just kind of the direction of things or the direction of the, of the parish. Uh-huh. And that made it... Yeah, that's just hard. I don't... I have a... I don't know. I have pretty kind of thin skin. And so anyway, all that came together. But one of the things, this has a point, one of the things that I think kind of brought me out of that has been the National Eucharistic Revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically it's been for me like, all right, O'Brien, what is this parish for? And when it comes down to it, ultimately, what do we want? Obviously, the salvation of our people. We want people to make Jesus the center of their life. But ultimately, we want, I want people to be fed yeah. by the Eucharist. And that's what I just love about the revival. Yeah. It just made us, like, focus. So all summer, this was, like, our focus all summer long. Okay, what should we, what should, you know, like, the kids' stuff be about? The Eucharist. Okay, Deacon Tom wants to teach a class in Spanish. What should it be about? The Eucharist. The Eucharist. Uh, oh, we're going to bring in a speaker, the, our Spanish parish mission. What, what should it be about? La Eucharistia. Like, boom, it's, it's on. Like, it just made things, I just like focused. Yep. And I'm kind of still there. Like, we're, that's, that's what we need to be all about. Okay. Beautiful. You know, yeah. I, 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 we're, we're, we said before this, like, what do we, what do we want to talk about on the Eucharist? I said, let's just dive in because there was this, um, so quote, let's just start and we'll figure it out. Let's just start. and We'll figure it out because, you know, so I, yeah, I told you all last, last, um, in, um, in July, I went to Medjugorje and there's this priest there who gives all the talks. He's in America. No, he's not. He's from Asia somewhere, uh, but he's a Carmelite priest. And he would say every day, like, Hey, you were coming here to Medjugorje to, to like, you know, to, uh, some people are coming here for some miracle or they want to see something happen or they, they want God to do something or a great healing in their life. And he, he said, the Blessed Virgin Mary keep her, keeps reminding you first and foremost to spend time with her son in the Holy Eucharist. You, oh. could go up, you could go up these mountains and you can hike up them. And you can have an encounter with beauty. Maybe you'll have an encounter with God. You can go up Cross Mountain. You can do all these things. You can see all these sights. You can. Where do all the miracles take place? Oh. And he said, he said, all the miracles that we know about have taken place in front of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Wow. He says, that is where Mary wow. keeps telling people to go. Go. Do and, whatever he tells you. Yeah. If you go into St. John. Somebody, uh, a, a family was in town. St. John's uh, in Edmond? No, St. John here in Stillwater. You be quiet. St. John here Saint in Stillwater. St. John Nepomuk in Yukon? Um, boo. St. John's in Pawnee? Uh, St. John John's Hospital? <laughs> all of them. If you go to all of them, they're going to tell you to go to St. John in Stillwater, right on the corner of Miller and Knobloch, yeah, where we build saints for the kingdom of God. Anyway, so someone said, I've never seen Mary at the center of the church like that. And I said, well, she's at the center of the church because look at her hands. Her hands are pointing down to the tabernacle yeah. to tell you, do whatever he tells you to do. Um, and so there's that to do what, but it's also, 
divine life radiates from the tabernacle because that is where Jesus is in the Holy Eucharist. He is there present 100%, 100,000%. And, and that's what they kept reminding people in Medjugorje over and over and over again. You know, like, you've come here to grow in your faith life. That's the number one place you're going to do that. You're going to spend time with Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Not You're not going there to hang out with bread and wine. You're going out there to hang out with the bread from heaven. And him. the beautiful thing about that is, you know, you can go to Medjugorje and like try, you know, have kind of a mountaintop experience. But then when you go home to your parish, you're mm-hmm. not you're not there anymore. But but what's there? Who's there? Right? Jesus in the Eucharist. Amen. Is there? We had a similar, you know, this summer we took a bunch of kids up to Steubenville. Yeah. Youth conference, so similar kind of thing, you know. I mean, it's amazing. The speakers, Father Mike Schmitz was there. Um, you know, the music and the five thousand, literally five thousand teenagers. It was wild. Sounds like man. it was awesome. I'm mean, fifteen hundred. No, what was the? I think the final confession count was like twenty eight hundred, something like that. What? Like in forty eight hours? Like that's nuts. Over half. That's nuts. And those are the ones that they like knew about. Then there were, you know, kids going to confession all over the place, yeah. walking along. A kid in the cafeteria going to confession, like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> all right. Um, but, but like, you know, that whole, it was about the Eucharist. The talks were about the Eucharist. There were beautiful nights of adoration and mass, and Bishop, Archbishop of St. Louis was there. Great, beautiful. But then, what, what, you know, you have an encounter with the Eucharist, and then you go home. And what do you find when you go home? The Eucharist. It's there. You know? So that's, I think, what just one of the beautiful things about being Catholic. One of the the more that we can connect our people, talk about, grow in love of the Eucharist, the better off we'll be. And so, even if your, you know, your if your church is ugly, or your parish kind of is kind of weak sauce, yeah, um, you still have the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, if you're far from home. And you miss, you know, you miss your friends and you miss your family. You know, you're on a military base or you're, you know, far, just far away. What, what's going to be at your local Catholic church? So, so small, small world, small world, big world. So we went on this pilgrimage in May to, to uh, Poland. Poland, yes. Yeah. So taking students to Poland and a student comes out of the church in Neopokolanov, which is called Marytown. Maximilian Kolbe built it. It's the Nazis rounded up the, the, the Franciscan friars there. And there's this church there, big great church. And she comes out and she says, she, she was kind of joyful and sort of like, what? Uh, what, what, what are you trying to convey to me? And she was trying to, she's trying to tell me. And she said, I just went into the adoration chapel on the left side, Father. During COVID, I prayed in this chapel. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Really? She said, they never identified where it was, but it was a live feed of the Euc- of Eucharistic adoration. Oh, no kidding? And she had never known where it was. So every day during COVID, she would start up her computer and she would pray a holy hour at this chapel and she said, I went into the side uh, the side chapel. They said there was a, a perpetual adoration chapel in there. And I went in there. Really? And it's, it's, it's actually was designed by Maximilian Colby himself. 
and it's a figure of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the womb is a monstrance. Oh. Like right there in her womb, boom. Oh, that's cool. And it's in Marytown, Poland, Neil Pokolonov. And, and, and so it, I've been uh, to Marytown, Chicago. It's the same place. It's just you can buy locate there. <laughs> but I, I so I, I thought it was so beautiful because we like, as you just said, it's like you can go all these places and the Eucharist is right there in your hometown. Unless you're from small town Georgia and there's probably not or small town Arkansas. Probably not. Small yeah. town Oklahoma. Probably not. But you can go to your local Catholic church uh, or as you're driving, you can pass by or you can find these beautiful Eucharistic adoration chapels around the world and just like zoom in on them. Uh, not zoom in on them, but like they have live feeds going yeah. on. And if you can't make a if you can't make a time of, of prayer, I mean, it's a great opportunity just to. I mean, it's kind of I would say kind of cheesy, but it's also beautiful, too, yeah. because you're making the presence of God uh, right there in front of this laptop oh. screen and spending time in prayer. And then who knows what God has up his sleeve for you as you travel the world or even travel the state. Uh, you could run into a Eucharistic adoration chapel that you spent weeks and months in front of and never knew. Yeah, that's where, amazing. Never knew where it existed. What, um, one thing we have not talked about that I would like to bring up. Uh-huh. Uh, one idea that has been proposed is some kind of thing that maybe you and I, our parishes do together. Procession. Procession. Can we talk about that? So we've we've literally not, you and I have never talked about it. Procession. You can take procession. We kind of talked about a little, I mentioned it to Clay, your campus minister over the summer. Uh huh. Um, and basically said, Clay, you and I want to get together and talk about this or should we wait for Father Kerry to get back? And he said, because he's new, he said, oh, maybe we should wait for Father Carey to get back. Um, what if we did that? I would love it. A Eucharistic procession from St. John's to St. Francis Xavier or and, vice versa. And what's great, like when school is not in session, I, I don't want to do it during the summertime when it's blazing hot out here and we're walking on asphalt. But sometime, maybe when there's not a uh, game day weekend. Um, or What even- day of the week should we do it? I don't know. We we need to sit down and do a little powwow and brainstorming on that. If you're listening to this, yeah, give us some. It would be really cool to do a Eucharistic procession because it's a it's like a ten minute drive. What would be our two. route? Uh well, I would say down McElroy, just straight east on McElroy. I was thinking, what if we went down McElroy and we took a right on, like at the baseball stadium? What if we went down McElroy and then took a right on? Oh, that's the same road. A right, yeah. <laughs> a right. So we take a right at the baseball. Baseball tennis is right there. Yeah, that's Washington. Yep. So we took a right on Washington, uh-huh. and then like went through campus. That'd be great. Like the parking lot, which is on the west side of the stadium. Yeah, where Barry Sanders and and uh, T Boone are. Yeah, we could just go right through, uh, right through that that road right there. What is that? That's Washington that turns into. Yeah. Is that that's not athletic? A lot of all fame. Um, the block up. No, Hall of Fame. We cross Hall of Fame. Oh, cross over Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. And go through Washington. And then it curves at the geological building right there and then goes right past the engineering, uh, past, past Endeavor. Do we want to go through campus? Well, we could go through a little bit of campus. What if we went down McElroy, turned right at like the soccer stadium? If we turned right at the soccer stadium, then we would be on, we'd have to cross. We could go um, down Monroe. Like right in the middle of that, That's oh, Monroe. Oh, we could go down Monroe. Down Monroe and then turn and go through campus uh, the other Monroe's way. Monroe's the one that's like closed during the day? Yeah, that's right. 
it runs right where Pike wow. where Pike and um, so that would be so interesting to come. Yeah, we go down there because I kind of almost like you know kind of through campus. Yeah. Do we need? We would need like a police. Oh, uh, we would need people to shut down the roads. It would be really cool. Uh, we couldn't. Do you do think it. they would do that? We could do it somewhere around Thanksgiving break because there's both students here and it's the last bedlam. Just do it in the middle of the last bedlam. <laughs> <laughs> Just march right through in a Eucharistic procession. So we would walk. Who's, whose monstrance is lighter? I, you know what? We were going to borrow one. St. Thomas More in Tulsa. Oh, the big the one? The giant monstrance. How about that one that was like six feet, five inches tall that they used in the Eucharistic procession in Tulsa? I mean, do you want to get that? Do you know how big that is? I mean, you have to put it on a truck. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to carry it. You know what? There's one that they have at St. Thomas More, and it comes out of the base, and it's got a handle, and you just carry it like this. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, we could get some burros, maybe some donkeys, or maybe some uh, uh, some goats to pull it along, because we have a goat. Is that bad ideas? But <laughs> we do have access to lots of livestock. But remember, the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be carried um, by the Levites. So, so w- would we go? Would we start? Where would we start? Start at St. John's, or start at St. Francis Xavier? Well, we could do it early in the morning too, and then just um, go there and back. I wouldn't go back. We'd need a bus because if you everybody like, let's say everybody parked at St. John's, and then we processed. To, to St. Francis Xavier, then how does everybody get back to St. John's? Yeah, that, that, there's there's those things. People would have to drive a car over, then drive a car back. And we get a, yeah, maybe get a bus. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be super cool. But we also have, people live at different, ooh, yeah. That, the, the biggest logistical problem is getting people back and forth. What if we went down university? If we went down university, hold on a second. Why university? Uh, I don't know. It's just like a main thoroughfare to campus. Uh, yeah, that would. That's also a neighborhood. I was no. That's what I was thinking. Like, what if we r- went right through a neighborhood, and then people, Catholic people, would like set up, you know, little, Wait, refreshment stations, Gatorade shots, set up little on the side alt- of the road, little altars, you know, or mm. something. Little pit they stop. could come out of their house. We could use the steps of some of the sororities and fraternities as a little altar. A little altar. Wow. Oh yeah. No, probably not. Um, have you ever heard this being done? You've uh, done a procession. We we used to we have done Eucharistic processions in the past, and like uh, we did one on campus. We go through and set up three altars, and then we've tried it in the years past. And windstorms have shown up. Like we yeah, had one time, like is definitely like, a factor. Like we we set up the altars, and then all of a sudden, like eighteen mile an hour winds come through, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. Like during COVID, we were going to have mass outdoors. And then we realized, like, the one thing that changed, it was a game changer every time we thought about doing it. The wind. The wind would just show up, like. And it so, does come sweeping down the plains. Uh-huh. The big gusts. And that's we why live, they, and we live on the central plains. Uh, you know, that's why they got all these wind farms up here. The wind farms are not just all to, the ki- mountains. to kill birds. All the mountains they're, they're, in our part of the <laughs> state. Build electricity. I, I think if we and other people are doing Eucharistic processions more and more around the around the country. I love the idea of of our parishes working together. Yes, um, 
I love the idea of it being like, yeah, kind of a joint venture uh-huh. between the two as a public. You know, I think good for our people to increase our Eucharistic devotion, but then, dang it, I mean, it's a public It's a public display of faith. I remember in seminary, there was a little documentary that came out. Uh, well, there was one called uh, God Fishers, of, Fishers of Men. God in the Streets of New York. But it was the same guys that did God, yeah, God in the Streets. And they did in New York City. Right in the middle of man, I think they're right in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, they, the CFRs, the CFRs, the yeah, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. They did this, yeah, and it, it's probably on YouTube. Google, I don't know is, if, if it's still up there. Yeah, and they're walking through the streets. I mean, and people, Catholic people, are just like on their way to work, mm-hmm. on their way to school, and here comes the monstrance, and they hit their knees. Yeah. Ooh. Public display of faith. That would be awesome. Would you think it would cost a lot to do it? I mean, we'd have to if we have to shut down streets. Does that cost uh, money? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's probably quick. Like we maybe we do get we have to get a parade permit, <laughs> or we get everybody to the. If we do it early in the morning, it'd be a lot easier. You know, especially when it's cool and it's nice. Maybe and, a Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, when there's not a football game. When there's a away game? Wow. We have mass. We have a 9 a.m. mass. Would we do it earlier than that? Oh, yeah. I mean. 9 a.m. mass. How long would it take? It'll probably. We start here. And from the the time mass ends. It's it's five miles. It's a 10-minute drive. I know that much. Uh, Whatever the posted speed limit is. What is it? Uh, so that's a 10 minute drive. So it's going to take at least an hour just to walk it. If you were at your regular pace and then you add all a bunch of people, a bunch of people and you start moving a little slower and you're taking up two lanes of traffic. Uh, so I, I'm going to guess three, three and a half hours. Really? I I mean, just that's my, this my rough, really uh, rough estimate. Yeah. Um, okay, here, oh, here, Jackson, Jackson, here we go. Also, Jackson says so what just if to we walk did, it is an hour and 14 minutes. Just to walk it. Just to walk okay. it. Um, so we have yeah. mass. Oh, here's what, here's, here's what we do. We have mass. And then out of mass, we make, we, we do, we make the walk. Uh-huh. And then at the end, you know, there's like Benedict, be, let's say we start here and then have benediction at your place. And then a rager. And then, cold, yes, no, cold exactly. Beers. Cold beers cookout. And then have like a, students and townies and everybody. Everybody. Just have like a barbecue. <sighs> wow. Yeah, because that would get us there. I, I, would, I would reckon it would get us there about noon, about lunchtime, if we left here at nine o'clock. If we left here at nine o'clock, so maybe we have mass at eight a.m. that day. Yeah, and it would take probably, you know, we start moving, uh, start moving. It'll probably take you know, ten minutes to get everybody on the road. Yeah. Whoa. Nikes, dude, this would be sweet. We should find. Okay, let's start looking for non-football game, non-wedding non-football. weekends. Non-football. <laughs> well, if a- the wedding were later. Yeah, we'll be tired though. I sweat a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna need some, You're going to need some walk training. I'm gonna, 
I'm gonna need. Uh, you my, don't walk that much. I'm gonna need an IV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we um, put some still water right back in you. That would be awesome. Uh huh. And then between us, you know, we have three priests, we have deacons. Yep, yep. The Knights of Columbus, I'm sure, would be jump in. Yep. Do we put the? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. All, I'm in. I'm in. You don't have to. I'm impulsive. And you the got students, me. Well, this would not be. We would not be able to do this impulsively. I know. But let's. But you're saying yes. I'm in. I'm saying yes. Yeah. Okay. Do we need anyone else's permission? I think we'd have to get I, the city's permission. Oh, the city. The yeah. city. Oh, and maybe the county too, because. Oh, it's a we're ca- we're not. We'd have to do both because we're not. St. Francis Xavier is not in the city. I. You know what? We just called the Stadies. You already know them. They like you. They like St. Francis because they come over here at the intersection and. They set up their, their DUI checkpoint uh, yeah. for tumble for tumbleweed. We just talked to the stadies and be like, "Hey guys, we do have a good relationship with the sheriff's office." Yeah, they help okay. us when the cows get out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and other things. There was a guy walking down the street with the uh, with the machete one oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that was right. a good one. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. I like this. Okay. All right. So we need to put some brains behind this idea. All right. If you have any ideas. Don't call us. Um, Don't suggest them. We already got them. Well, I don't want input from anybody. What do you mean? I mean, because then people are going to come up with crazy What about funding? We might need some funding. Okay. Then. We'll take funding. We'll take $100 and $1,000 For the the podcast and for our our, uh, Eucharistic procession. procession. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, God bless you. Peace.